The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Happy Thursday, everybody, and good morning. Um, Google has been in the news a lot recently about hacking situations in China. It brought a lot of attention to um, risks affiliated with... Um, with technological security, and we have today an expert in IT law, and he's a friend, and his name is Robert Braun. We've done many a discussion together. Welcome, Robert. Thanks very much, Cindy. Glad to be here. Um, you know, did you get a lot of questions when the Google News was brought to the forefront? Yeah, you know, a lot of people uh, did call up and ask if the same thing was happening here in the United States, and I, I was happy to say that we weren't in China, so I doubted it. Um, but it did make a lot of people wonder how secure their systems were and, and made them realize that they were relying on a lot of people for their systems and didn't really know uh, what was going on behind the, uh, behind the curtain, if you will. That's a good analogy. <laughs> the only curtain left in the world, right? Um, you know. Well, listen. I I want to ask you a lot of questions as we go through this show. I also want to say an introduction of you, Robert. There aren't many people that do what you do. I mean, you know a lot about technology and security of information, and you're a lawyer. Um, at least you're the only one of those that I know in the Los Angeles area. Uh, do you have much competition in this arena? Well, most of my competition really isn't from other lawyers. It's from other people who are technologists, uh, people that we, uh, we affectionately refer to as gearheads. Um, but uh, there are a few people who do it. It's a small community um, spread out through the United States and really throughout the world. Uh, but I have a feeling that uh, with some of the things that are happening, it's going to become a much, much bigger community. Um, a lot of people are affected. Um, almost everyone is affected by the security of their systems, security of systems they don't even think about. And that's going to raise a lot of issues for people. So it's going I, to Yeah, and I would also out. imagine, though, that there's a, there's a big client potential for you in terms of the business-to-business -business community with other lawyers, because lawyers in general are so concerned about um, security and information. They're concerned about what they're going to allow to be operated via the cloud, which we'll talk a lot about during the show. And you're one of the few people that could probably um, take away their fears or at least explain to them what they should be afraid of, because you speak the lawyer's language. Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, I, it, a lot of this, uh, and really it's not just lawyers, by the way, it's just about everybody has to understand how these uh, issues impact them 
in their own language, um, how it affects their own business. Um, you know, frankly, a lot of people l- see that there is uh, information insecurity. They get letters from credit card companies. They get letters from the stores they shop in. Um, and at some point, they start thinking, or maybe they don't start thinking, but they should think about how that impacts their business. Um, and at I think some point, so. you have and to I translate think, it. I think um, people are starting to really think about that more now than ever before. Well, with that said, let's get to some of the questions. Give us a quick sketch of information security challenges in the United States today. Well, you're going to just the physical end of it. Um, there is an uh, skyrocketing amount of information that's being collected. And that's for a lot of reasons. Um, And by the way, the whole issue with information security is based on the amount and type of information that that we have. Um, If if you don't have information, you don't have to worry about how secure it is. But everyone needs it. And so we make a lot of ways, we create ways to make it easier to collect information. Uh, for example, um, a really simple thing is just email. Most people save a tremendous amount of email. Um, and most people save more email than they think they're saving because just about every time you respond to an email, you end up saving every email that preceded it in the string. I don't know if you've had the experience. I'm sure you've had. I'm sure the listeners have had the experience of uh, printing out an email because they wanted what was on their screen and getting 50 pages worth of uh, email conversations out there. So a tremendous amount of information there, and it also includes the attachments. We automatically save emails. Uh, In law, we really need to uh, have a good trail. Same thing in a lot of other businesses. So uh, that's one reason. Another reason is that uh, we tend to keep more information uh, electronically. Uh, I was thinking about that when I was counseling a client whose bank wanted to put a scanner into their office. And uh, it's a small client, a relatively small company, but the bank said they were going paperless and it would be a lot easier when the company got a check if they simply scanned the check so they could send it to the bank and they'd get immediate deposit and so on. Now, that's great, um, but you have to remember that means that the company now has a paper check. It also has a scan check with all of the information on the check, name, address, account number, phone number, things like that. And the bank has it, too, and it's going over the wires. Just another example of how much information is being, is being collected. And, again, on the physical end of it, there's another thing that we often don't think of that about, and that's how many devices hold information. Um, you know, most of us have a computer which has our database on it, our, our, you know, our phone book, what used to be our Rolodex. And most of us have a BlackBerry or, or an iPhone or something like that. Um, already that means that you have two copies of a lot of things. And if you back it up, you have three or four. So there's a tremendous amount of information out there. And then finally, one other thing that's, and this is related to what you first talked about, the Google issue, um, and that's the social networking issue. Um, we give up a lot of information very, very freely. Uh, think about what you might have on Facebook, on Twitter. Cindy, I know that you're very, very active on those, on LinkedIn. There's a lot of information there. And more and more companies, as you also mentioned, are moving to the cloud, which means that there's a lot of information which we really don't have control over. 
and which is uh, which is at risk. Now, social so, media is one is a really risky platform. I think any of us that are social media coaches or utilize it in our day to day business always say this: nothing, nothing is private. And when we go forward making that disclosure, or you know, we we really feel that we have. Um, you know, informed our clients and our colleagues of, you know, what the risks are. And I think you would agree that once you get into the popular social networking platforms, there's really no way to control what was said at all because they're public platforms and there's no cloud or no software that exists yet today that can really help you take back what you said. Is that correct? You're absolutely right. Things that, once you, things that are on the Internet are on the Internet forever. Um, and so if you have something that's embarrassing, something that's a mistake, uh, it's there forever. Uh, it almost automatically goes places. And these systems, as you said, are very, very insecure. Uh, that we're even Facebook, which prides itself on security, is not all that safe. It just can't be. There are 300 million people on Facebook and more every day. It's just too tempting a target. Um, and I, I, by the way, my impression on social networks, particularly real social networks like Facebook, um, where, as opposed to some of the more business-oriented or closed networks, people say the darndest things. Oh, yeah, no, of course. Well, one of the other concerns that I would have during this conversation, as you mentioned before, you know, forms of electronic banking and check scanning, I think that people should really be cautious in some of the Twitter pay, um, you know, businesses that have popped up, which are sort of like a PayPal account only via Twitter. When there's no security whatsoever, there's, you know, you are exasperating the the problem and the risk 100%. That, that's absolutely true. And it's very difficult just on the face of them, just looking at them, to differentiate between a system that might have the right type of security that might be a valid and trustworthy system as opposed to fly-by-night systems and systems that are either very unsecure or even malicious systems, systems that are designed to capture, uh, to capture information. That's true. Well, why don't you give us a quick sketch before we come to the end of the segment of security challenges in the United States? Well, you know, from the legal side, uh, I think is what I look at is that we have a, um, as we always do in the uh, in in the United States, we have a, a just a shocking number of laws. Um, every state has its own set of laws. Um, the federal government has a wide variety of laws going back many years. Um, some of them relate to specific industries. Healthcare, for example, uh, has HIPAA, which is designed to protect your medical records. There are laws protecting children. There are laws specifically aimed at uh, at financial institutions, the Graham Leach Blively laws. There, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, uh, regulates these issues in terms of its uh, its ability to regulate. You know, generally advertising and unfair trade practices. So, in terms of the challenges of of complying with that, um, it's it's difficult, and uh, probably where where uh, that probably the thing that is most difficult is realizing that you have to make your way through a maze of laws, all of which have to be complied with. See, the biggest single challenge 
that I face and that really my clients face is that if you're on the Internet, if your business is on the Internet, you effectively have to comply with the laws of all 50 states, the federal government, and a lot of international laws. Um, because you will, it's not uncommon at all for even a relatively small client to have, uh, one of my clients, to have customers in multiple states, many, many states. States and countries. You know what? We're coming up to the end of this segment very quickly, mm-hmm. Robert, and you, I know that you always have a wealth of information <laughs> to share, but I think what I want to say after the commercial break is that, number one, our listeners probably have no idea about regulation whatsoever. They probably think that there's, you know, some simple rules and regulations that have to be adhered to and just have no idea that there has been a proliferation of lawmaking that has come along with the growth of the World Wide Web and how they differ in the United States and internationally. And I would guess it's conventional wisdom for a business person to think, well, you know, if I'm selling something in China, you know, the same rules apply to me here, you know, as they would in a different country. And I I use China perhaps as a bad example, but anywhere in the world, Eastern Europe, um, you know, know, the the former Soviet Union, etc. And I think that in the next segment, I would love for you to point out some examples of how the law is vastly different and how businesses can get into trouble. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. All right, well, let's take a quick commercial break. More with Robert Braun, the IT legal specialist, who I am so happy to have with us on the show. Very few like him. Thanks, and stand by. More with Robert Braun in just a minute. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Women in business today face many challenges in advancing their careers and reaching their goals. There are corporate executives, entrepreneurs, and business owners that have made their mark in business. Now you can learn their secrets and tips. Listen to Women Mean Business as your host, Bonnie Marcus, explores how to thrive in the business environment, navigate the workplace, and climb the corporate ladder. Listen live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel and effectively promote yourself today. 
There are all kinds of questions pertaining to health and wellness. What most people don't realize is that there are a lot of treatments that they can do themselves. Tune in to For Your Health with Dr. Mark Larson to discover these treatments and the answers to many of your questions about health. Topics covered will run the gamut from alternative medicine to the science of modern medicine. So be sure to tune in every week. For Your Health airs live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1-866-472-5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. We're back with Robert Braun, and we're talking about information security, particularly from a legal standpoint. And Robert is affiliated with the large firm Jeffrey Mangles, Butler, and Marmorow. Anything else you want to say about your website, Robert? Let's talk how people can find you. Well, you can find me at uh, the easiest way is at uh, www.jmbm.com. Um, I am lucky enough to be one of the rotating pictures, so about every third time you go to the website, you're going to see my picture uh, at the very front page anyway. Um, and uh, you can just put in my name, and it will give you a history of what uh, of what I've done and, and what I do currently, uh, copies of my articles and things like that. Uh, you'll also find out about our firm. Our firm's a full-service firm uh, with a number of interesting areas of expertise, uh, Internet security, uh, and uh, technology is only one of them. Uh, and we're throughout California and have, uh, and have a lot of work throughout the world, really, because of some of our specialties. You know, and uh, so this is the go-to guy, everybody. You know, you have an information security issue, particularly as it may apply to the law and legal developments. Robert Braun is the person for you to call. So let's continue to talk about um, legal developments and information security worldwide and how it differs from state to state and around the world. Give us some interesting examples. Well, I, I say, first of all, most of my clients say, well, what am I worried about? Because I'm, work, I'm here in Missouri, say, why do I worry about Kansas? And the answer is you worry about where your customers are. That's what you have to worry about because these are consumer protection laws. So uh, the Internet erases borders. So you may be in Missouri, but if you have clients who are in France, you're going to have to deal with the European Union directive on information security. Um, and it is very, very different from the U.S. Uh, the, uh, and, and the other issue you have to remember, and the thing that, frankly, is my job to remember for you, is that it's a changing landscape. You know, it's very, very difficult to pass laws that are of meaningful meaning and substance these days. Um, you know, you look at, uh, at what's happening in Washington or, or for here, us in California and Sacramento, and you realize that there's a lot of gridlock there. But it's very easy to pass laws which attempt to protect uh, consumers. Nobody gets, nobody gets angry about that, and it allows politicians to come home and say they do, they've done something. So they're constantly playing with these laws, and same thing with regulators. So there are a few things that are 
interesting about this. Um, one of them is that it's only recently that the laws have really talked about regulating security, security itself. Generally, what the laws have done is they've regulated, uh, is they've regulated what happens if there's a problem. So most of the laws don't talk about what you have to do to keep a, a, a secure system. They talk about what happens when someone's gotten your information. So you have no idea that you are dealing with an insecure system until you get a letter from your department store or from your credit card issuer telling you that someone has gotten your social security number and your card number and you better take a you better keep a look out. So that's one of the one of the interesting things. And I think there I probably would guess I know that I've gotten several of these letters. I know I've written a bunch of them. Um, my guess is that most people have gotten one of those letters and the question that should be coming up is well what was going on beforehand? Um, and an interesting thing adjunct to that is that most people don't read these things, but I write privacy statements. And the standard in a privacy statement is we have to tell you what we do. A, a company has to tell its customers what they're doing to maintain their security. And if they're not doing anything, they simply have to say that. They're not going to get in trouble if they don't, if they don't maintain security as long as they admit it. So that's been, uh, that's been a frustration for a long time. Um, what's happened very recently is that now the federal government has a law pending. It's been tried to pass it for a number of years, but it looks like it's finally getting close. And some of the states are stepping into the breach and actually saying what a company has to do in order to uh, in order to keep information secure, and if they don't, they'll be in breach of the uh, in breach of the law, and that's a big, big difference. Um, I think it'll be a lot of trouble for companies on the short end, but on the long end, it's probably going to make things uh, a little bit more secure. I want to mention something about the international end, Cindy, because you mentioned that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, I do like to emphasize that we forget, you know, America thinks of, of itself as the world and the whole world, and we are a big, strong country. But there are other countries out there. Um, you know, right now, I think 1% to 2% of American companies actually do business abroad. Um, but that's going to change. Uh, that's one of the things that, the, that we're really, that the government and industry is really working on. We have to go abroad, and that means we're going to have more uh, interactions with foreign countries. Uh, the foreign system is very different. There are the restrictions on what, you co what information you can collect and what you can do with that information once you, once you have it uh, are very different. Um, I, and this, is, this is not going to I'm not going to. I'm going to try not to devolve into a legal lecture here, but I'll leave to say that um, there are special rules and special agreements that a company should be following and signing, and there are international agreements with the Department of Commerce and so on that um, allow them to do business safely in other countries. Uh, and it takes a long look because it's very different uh, outside the United States. Well, I think you know if I were to just comment on you know what you're what you're saying is if a company at, at least makes the effort of due diligence and at least makes the effort of trying to do things you know in a legal fashion they're probably better off than if they didn't try at all that, that's that's uh, that's generally the case 
you know, one of the things that is happening that is that really buttresses that is that private industry is actually stepping in and trying to make things a little safer. And they're doing that not because they want really they want to protect citizens. That's not my view, and it's not because um, they're doing it for the for the good of the country. They're doing it for their own good. And this is uh, the biggest thing here is the payment card industry, Mastercard and Visa. What they've done is created a very detailed set of rules that any company that um, offers credit card sales, which since I have to say my company offers credit card sales, means it's probably every company out there. Uh, I mean, hot dog stands take credit cards these days. I didn't know uh, that. Not back uh, in the New York days with the... No, <laughs> with not, the not with dirty stands. water dogs, no. But, uh, well, maybe they do now. You're right. Everything's become a little bit more sophisticated. Well, I don't know. It's, it's amazing. Um, I, I think that some of the taco stands out here in L.A. do uh, the taco carts, but they... Um, uh, there are very detailed sets of information. The reason they do that is because uh, their rules are that if, if a company that takes credit cards doesn't follow those rules, if there's ever a breach, um, then MasterCard and Visa won't be liable, and the member banks won't be liable. They'll push it all up on the merchant, and uh, then the merchant is really in a tough spot. Because so that's a common source of a security breach right there. Uh, the... Uh, yeah, there are. Um, I, I read studies. This is what I do, and the, and, and the credit cards taking credit cards is one of the uh, one of the real weak spots. Uh, it's it's the point at which there can be at which you're most likely to have some kind of identity theft, some kind of breach of security. Really, I bet you that Voice America's listeners really were not aware of that. And uh, and how is this though? Again? Well, I'll tell you. I mean, there's a st- there's a study by a company called Trustworthy. I don't know if they're how trustworthy they are, but <laughs> but we uh, but I get a lot of information from them. Um, they just came out with a study, and I, I just read it yesterday. Um, and just a, a tidbit: thirty eight percent of um, of uh, credit card breaches are related to hotels. Now, I happen to do a lot of work with hotels, but that's a pretty frightening number. It's, it's incredibly frightening, and I don't think, again, I'm going to emphasize, I don't think many people know this. Yeah, the reason is that um, it's, all, it's because hotels have done a very good job trying to increase the number of ways that people can make reservations. You can make reservations directly to a hotel through a reservation system, uh, by phone, online, through Expedia or Hotels.com, or things like that. And it's just there's so many different ways into the system that it creates a lot of vulnerabilities. It's the points of access, as, as they sometimes call it in the business, that creates vulnerability. Um, and it's a sort of as if you had, uh, had a pocket where you kept your wallet, but you had all sorts of different ways to get into that pocket. You couldn't protect all of them. Very, very um, well said. We're coming to the end of this segment, and I think that it's really important to revisit when we come back after the commercial break, um, I'd love to hear your thoughts and think about this over the commercial break is, you know, I, I want to hear how you counsel companies about how to handle this because obviously your clients want to do business as fast as they can and make it make business as accessible as it possibly can be. But, you know, there's a, 
you know, there's a risk factor in how far do you go, and I'd love to hear what you say to your clients after the commercial break, you know, to, you know, minimize the risk while they can still have revenue streams, you know, quite easily. So let's all stand by. More with Robert Braun, IT legal specialist. After, after this, stand by. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Stop wasting time. Get what you want. Live your dream life. The Dream Big Revolution. Imagine having more freedom, better health, more money, happiness. Could your business be more successful? Unless you're living the life you want, you're wasting precious time. Your life is too valuable to waste. Let Leanne Hilgers help you find health, wealth, and happiness. Listen in and live your dream life. Join the Dream Big Revolution. Tune in every Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, on the 7th Wave Network. Never be satisfied. Let that be a lesson you take away from Double Time with Double D, featuring businessman and former NFL star Dave Duerson. We'll talk about the NFL with special focuses on the game itself, and Double D will take your calls and answer your emails live on the show. It's not Football 101, but rather an in-depth look in the locker room, on the field, away from the field, and opening up the mind of the player. The program will also feature positive messages. So tune in to Double Time with Double D, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Fascinating show, everybody. If you haven't been listening, this is a show about developments in information security, the legal end, and we have the go-to guy, Robert Braun, who knows so much about this, and he's with Jeffer, Mangles, Butler, and Marmoreau. And Robert, why don't you say again where people can get in touch with you? Sure. Uh, the website is www.jmbm.com. 
and very. Uh, we hope we have an easy to na- navigate website, and uh, most people can find all they need right there. Well, we know that you have a safe and secure website. Well, that's because we don't collect any information on our website. Uh, so we were talking about in the prior segment how um, hotels, travel industry, hotels in particular, um, open themselves up to a lot of risk because um, you know they're getting their they're they're getting their money from a number of different places, and you used the brilliant analogy of a wallet that had multi-compartments where you could find something in every slot. Um, you know, talk about this a little bit more. Let's revisit this, Robert. All right. Well, you know, at the beginning, I talked about the pr- proliferation of information, and that's really where it starts. The first thing that you have to recognize is that you're, is that the, um, is that the vulnerability, and I'm talk, when I'm talking about my clients, I'm talking about the companies, that their vulnerability is based on how much information they collect. That's the very first thing. Um, we talked about the fact that once something is you know, on the Internet, it's there forever. It's very difficult to get rid of information, uh, surprisingly. So the first thing to do is to think about how much information you have and how much information you really need. Um, and and keep it down to a minimum. I mean, if you don't need to collect a Social Security number, you don't collect a Social Security number. Uh, there are a lot of systems which will automatically only use information for a limited purpose of a transaction. Uh, nowadays, for example, you're required to have, a, if you take credit card information, to delete all except the last four digits um, once you've completed the transaction so you don't keep that on file. Um, I'd also remind people that, um, and this cuts a little bit against what I said, but it's, but it's still true, is that um, we could probably reduce the problem of information security tremendously if we would just eliminate taxis, restaurants, and rental cars. Because, <laughs> that's not going to happen. <laughs> well, that's right. But you have to remember that most of the, inf- most, most of the big information breaches that you hear about, where we hear about not... A thousand or two thousand, but hundreds of thousands of names being uh, and their information being hacked is because laptops are left in uh, cabs and restaurants, because information is stolen, because of internal employee theft and things like that. So well, it doesn't even have to be the unit anymore, though. You mentioned you know laptops being left in taxi cabs, but information can be accessed, you know, virtually. So, I mean, I'm sure that having the unit makes it a little easier because you could just kind of stick a key in it and have everything downloaded immediately, right? Well, it's 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 ease. Um, it's the fact that it's right there, um, right in front of you. Um, you don't need to worry about getting past. You know, even the even the most basic systems now at least have a basic firewall, have some kind of. Yeah, no, I would think that usually. Um, I know that in the case of our system. You know, every half hour, if it's not being used, it turns off as a safety mechanism and you would need the passcode. I don't know how safe that really is or how secure it makes it, but it just makes us feel secure. (laughs) It's a good, you know, it's amazing, though, what you really want to do at, uh, look, my feeling is this, that you're talking about, if you're talking about people who are hacking into systems, these are really smart people. Uh, these people are at least as smart as the people 
who are trying to design the, the fences to keep them out. And it's a constant, it's a constant struggle. Um, you know, it's like vulnerabilities. The guys who wrote Microsoft, whether you like Microsoft um, Explorer or not, you're constantly hearing about vulnerabilities. Well, these guys are smart on both ends of it. Um, what you want to do is raise the barrier to entry. And by taking the basic steps of having firewalls and having passwords and automatic turnoffs, and I think I'll say one thing, which is a uh, thing that bothers people at businesses. It bothers me a lot, but I think is really essential, is to lock down computers. Um, one of the most insidious types of uh, most insidious types of breaches that we find are peer-to-peer networking, because what happens is people like to get illegally or illegally music, pictures, things like that, and like to share it not through Facebook or something like that, but on a peer-to-peer basis. Um, it's uh, you know music, music and file sharing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those you might as well take an axe to your entire system you do that because it creates from a security sense a huge gaping hole in the um, in your com- in your computer and you cannot even figure out that there's been a problem you know one of the things that a compute that you want to do as part of a security system one of the key elements is to monitor it so that a basically a, a virtual red light and sirens go off when there's been a breach, when somebody has made their way in. It's sort of like the alarm system on your Yeah, account. and I and I think that a lot of the antiviral programs do that and they're not they're not complicated. You could it's very, very easy to have this alarm system instilled into your unit. I you know, am I right? You're you're absolutely right. But there are some things and one of, and there are people trying to get through, but again, a lot of people look through it unless they really know unless a hacker knows that there's something very, very valuable on the other end, they're not going to spend too much time on it. They're going to, you know, they're, they're going to use their efforts are going to be commensurate with their potential gain. But something like uh, peer-to-peer networking eliminates all those. You'd, and as I said, one of the worst parts is you don't know when it's happened. It just looks like a normal port on a computer. And you so, have no idea what damage you did. I, I have a client, who, uh, a well-known client, who found out two years after the fact that, very amusing way, but they found out that their W-2 information for all of their employees was free to find on the Internet. And it was because one of their people, happened to be one of their IT professionals, decided that it was the best place to do his music file sharing was at work, and he threw on one of the, one of the peer-to-peer networking softwares, which allowed people, hackers, are looking for those, found it, and walked right into the computer, went straight to the W-2 information and took it. You're, you're really, if you're doing peer-to-peer and, and sharing um, fun files like music, you're basically inviting a hacker to come in and take everything you have. You, you might as well print it in the newspaper. Oh, and, man. That's um, very, very useful information. I, um, I want to talk about the cloud before you know, we're getting into our third segment, and I don't want to end this show without talking about the cloud and whether cloud computing is safer than in-house computing. We know that you talk about this a lot, Robert. You, we know that you um, are very knowledgeable about the cloud. Why don't we first talk about the cloud or what people call SAAS, Software as Service, um, and talk about what it is and then talk about the 
whether it's safer than in-house computing or not. Okay. Well, the, the cloud computing is something really that's going been going on for a long, long time. It's basically ha- it's basically what we'd call distributed computing or external computing, where your information and very often your programs are somewhere else. Let's just leave it like that. And these days, um, my best example is that if you use Google Mail or if you use Google at all to research, you're effectively engaging in cloud computing because you're using the Internet to access another system, use their software. This is the software as a service, SAS, SAAS component. And your email, your email system and your email is over in Google someplace. And who knows where it is? You just attach to it through the Internet. It's got a tremendous number of advantages. Uh, people, uh, this, these are very often very sophisticated programs. I represent some companies that provide uh, highly detailed uh, compliance programs for regulated industries. Uh, the people who who the the people who create these programs very often are are focused on a particular industry and can provide a service a very sophisticated service at a, a very low price. At other advantages, people like it because it's uh, it's scalable. If you have a company, if you have a business, and you want to know that you can just ramp your you, if that business grows, you can just ramp up your computing resources through really just a phone call or an email message, or if you lose a client, you can cut them right back down. It's no problem. The, uh, you can do it that way. Um, it's, uh, it's used for customer relationship management very commonly. Some, and I think one of the biggest things that it's done, it's allowed people, uh, it's really been one of the things that are going to allow people to work uh, in a mobile environment. It's something something that both companies and uh, workers want is to be able to work wherever they are. And using cloud computing allows them to do it because it allows them to be in what amounts to their work environment wherever they, wherever they might be. Uh, great for traveling, great for things like that. Well, so you know what? We're coming up to the end of this segment, too. And what I would like to do in the last segment with you, and it kind of will summarize all of the questions that we have not been able to get to is cloud computing, whether that can prevent security breaches or not, and if your company does have a security breach, you know, what do you what what do you do about it and how can you best be prepared for it and um, you know, kind of taking our listeners through the worst-case scenario and what to do, because that's really where you become the hero. Am I correct? Um, I like to think so, yeah. All right. Well, you are. Yeah. Superman Robert Braun, stand by for the summary of this fantastic show in terms of developments in information security, the legal end. Robert has been a great resource, and you'll hear more in the last segment if you stand by. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. 
If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At BR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. BR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of BR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.brpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. BR Public Relations. We do it all. www.brpublicrelations.com. Money. We love it, we hate it, and everything in between. You can be the master of your life and your own economics. Join Professor Laurie Lamantia each week for the program Making Peace with Money. Laurie will help you realize the power to create fulfillment in your life and shed new light on your money madness. You'll learn how to make peace with money and feel the joy and freedom renewed in your life. Making Peace with Money is broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards than she can hang on her wall, including three Clios. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. Okay, maybe not, but she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. We're in our last segment of this really um, relevant show, Developments in Information Security, with Robert Braun, Jeffer Mangles Butler, and Marmoreau. I'm going to cut to the chase, Robert, because we're running out of time, and I'm going to ask what I think is the most pertinent question and pretty much addresses a lot of the other questions that we've discussed, and that's what should a company do if they find customer information has been compromised? Yeah. Well, First of all, um, and I, I ask this, is if you have a system, you, you should have thought about it ahead of time. Um, if you've thought about it ahead of time, dust off that piece of paper, look at the procedure and follow it. That's probably the best thing. But if you don't, um, and that's actually usually the case, um, being absolutely honest, you should call me or someone like me because um, the system that we use is that we first collect information. We find out what happened, when it happened, who was affected, uh, particularly where those people are, because as I said before, it's a state-by-state basis. 
and uh, what information was taken. We may figure out that you don't have to do anything. We may figure out that all you really need to do is, is once you found out what happened, is try to you know, fix the hole. But uh, the thing most people are worried about is notifying their customers. And you don't always have to notify your customers or your vendors or people like that, your employees. So the, the first question is to get some information. And you really need someone who understands these laws to figure out what your liability and what your exposure is. Um, if you do find out that per, what, the, what is technical, personal, identifiable information, names, addresses, phone numbers, account numbers, and things like that, um, you have to contact uh, law enforcement. Uh, and that's usually, there's usually, in most cities these days, uh, there's, a, uh, there's, a, there's a task force that handles this. And you may find out that you can't notify anybody because they have an ongoing investigation. And while that's happening, until they tell you you can notify uh, your, your customers and clients, you can't do that. Um, in the interim, you should be writing the letter. You should be reviewing all of the affected states. My system is I have a matrix of laws. And I plug in when somebody tells me that they have a problem, I find out every state that was impacted. And there might be 30, there might be clients in 30 different states, uh, 30 different customers that were, uh, states that were impacted. And we create a matrix and find out from each of those who we have to notify, when we have to notify them, whether we have to notify law enforcement authorities in that state. Um, there are all sorts of various different uh, standards. Sometimes we have to notify the, um, the uh, uh, Experian and the other credit, uh, you know, credit rating companies. Uh, sometimes we have to send out public notices, sometimes we don't. But we uh, find out who we, have to, who we have to talk to, and we craft letters for each of those. And the reason you need to do all the information ahead of time is the letters have to say what happened. They have to tell people uh, what is uh, what happened, uh, what information may have, uh, may have occurred. It has to be written in a style that people can actually read. That's uh, always the challenge for lawyers, is writing something that people will actually understand. So he has to use clear language. Uh, as we say, has to have plenty of white space. Um, and we have to tell people what they can do. Um, and the other thing you have to consider, and, and probably the, the thing that uh, the other person I forgot you should call is, Cindy, someone should be calling you. Because it's not just a legal issue. Um, this can be a public relations nightmare. Oh, yes. It, I think it certainly can. And this is where crisis management can come in very handy. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I mean, I, I know these laws, and you know, I've, been, I've been priming that, but it's much... but. The average cost of a security breach in 2008, which is the last year that I have numbers for, was $4.5 million. Over 30% of that, it was attributed to lost business, to lost customers. Because nobody came forward with a communications plan to explain what happened, and they would rather have made it go away. Exactly. People and it doesn't go away. <laughs> you know, well, one of two things. Either they stick their head in their sand, in it, or they write a letter that is clearly a lawyer letter, and people, people just get upset about it. They get scared. You've got to really, you know, you've got to be able to address people's fears and concerns, keep them as clients, and 
um, we've been lucky in a lot of cases that um, it just has turned into a, a non-issue. Um, but uh, I consider it as much of a public relations issue as a legal issue. Uh, well, I would be honored to partner with you in these situations, <laughs> Robert Braun. I want to go to you individually we'll for a second before the show ends. We talked about what companies do, but how about individuals if their personal information is compromised? Yeah. Well, individuals, the first thing that I would do and the first thing that I have done when this has happened is I put a fraud alert on my credit reports and I review my credit reports so um, that I put a notice so that uh, no one can apply for another credit card or a loan or take a look at my credit reports without telling me. And I look at This is free. You can get your credit reports free. And I, get them. I don't pay any money for this. I don't, you know, all the, I don't know... I don't think you get anything out of all those systems. None of my clients, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, and then I, I also take a look at accounts and anything that I think may have, there may have been an issue, I call up the credit card company and we have them and we close that account and reopen uh, a new one. If I see that there's been a problem, and, and by the way, I, I recommend that people review their credit, card, credit reports at least a couple times a year, preferably quarterly, uh, because you'll see things that you know, companies don't always know. And you'll be surprised what you find out. If you look at the quarterly, uh, you may find out that there's a problem ahead of time, and, and that's the best thing that you can do. By the way, I, I would say that you also, people should have to take control of this. You should be shredding information, uh, you know, credit card slips. You should be careful about uh, passwords, at least more careful than I am about my passwords. Mm. Um, yeah, no, I think that's, it's, it's very, very important. I know that on a personal level, be, be smart. Don't throw away your credit card statements. Um, you got to, like, look at them. And I have to add, on the plus side of credit card companies these days, I find that they're very, very helpful. If you tell them that there's been a security breach, they do everything they can to take that off of your card. Absolutely. They're, uh, I, I found them very useful. They get the cards back to you. They get new cards to you right away. Um, I think that the best thing that they've done is that uh, a lot of us have automatic transactions on our cards, and they transfer them over, which makes life a lot easier for us. Exactly. Uh, now, listen, you have about a minute and a half left. Is there anything that you want to say in summary, Robert? Um, we touched upon so many things. I tried to really get out there the most important information. If I left anything out or if you want to make a point, please do it now. I, I think you've done a great job bringing out the issues. The one thing I would say is, is the last thing that I mentioned is that people have to take control of this. Whether you're as an individual, as a business owner, as an executive in a large company, it's important to keep your eyes out on this. If you look at the page, these things get on the front page very often above the fold, of the, of the fold on the business section. Keep an eye out for that. You'll see patterns which are going to affect your business. Um, and be proactive about it. Be willing to talk to your IT people, your security people, uh, your lawyers, your public relations people, so that you have a system set up. It's going to happen to you. It's going to well, be listen, a problem. This has been 
real, the most useful show that we've had on in a long time. Even the engineers commented on how they're going to share it with the Motovox Broadcasting Company since they're all <laughs> in the cloud. Um, thank you, Robert Braun, Jeffrey Mangles, Butler Marmoreau. I'd well, love to you have you on again, and um, thank you so much for taking the time to sharing and sharing this information with us. You take care, and you have a great weekend, and I'll probably see you soon. I hope so, Cindy. Thanks right, very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. I am an American Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 